Hello, and welcome to Catholic Women Lead, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Women in Business. I'm Elise Gallagher. And I'm Taryn DeLong, and we're co-presidents of Catholic Women in Business. Whether you're a working mom, a young professional, or business veteran, fitting work in between nap times and kid pickups, or discerning your next steps, Catholic Women in Business is a resource and community for you to grow professionally and spiritually alongside other women. On this podcast, we're sharing tips, advice, and inspiration from leading Catholic businesswomen to help you grow your career or business faithfully. We believe in what Pope John Paul the Great called the feminine genius, and we're here to help you tap into yours and use business to make the world a better place. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Did you know Catholic Women in Business has a new membership community? It includes a monthly mastermind meeting featuring an hour of learning and half an hour of breakout discussion and networking. As a member, you'll also have access to recordings of each mastermind meeting, access to a member business directory, exclusive podcast episodes, and more. As a podcast listener, you can get 15% off your membership. Go to catholicwomeninbusiness.com slash membership and use discount code podcast for 15% off. That's catholicwomeninbusiness.com slash membership and discount code P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Your community of faithful Catholic women in business is waiting. We'll see you there. Hello, Catholic Women in Business. This is Taryn DeLong. I am here with Emily Riquette. She is the founder of Happy PR and Faith Friends. Emily, thanks for joining me today. Taryn, thank you so much for having me and just for everything that you're doing for Catholic Women in Business. I love it. Thanks. We're excited to have you too. Um, can you just start off by introducing yourself to everyone listening and talk about um, yeah, you, you, who you are and how you got to where you are now? Sure. Well, I'm a married mom of four. I have three girls and a son. My youngest is eight months old, my little boy, and then I have a two and a half year old little girl. And my older girls are in first, uh, second, and third grade. It's you start to lose track and keeping track of them all. But I stay home with my two little ones, and um. I'm a former news reporter. That's what I've done for most of my careers. I've worked in the media in some capacity. Right out of college, I worked at a Fox affiliate as a news reporter for about seven years. And then I launched a PR firm where I still worked on media, just mostly on the other side of the camera while I continued contributing to some outlets here and there. And then just this past year, I've really dove into an e-commerce brand for myself. Like you mentioned, Faith Friends. I live in Michigan and it's already getting cold here, bracing for winter. I'm a little warm, so I don't know if I'm happy to be where I am or if I'm a little jealous of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I um, found you on Instagram because someone shared uh, your new business, Faith Friends, and I was so excited to see it. So um, I would love for you to share about uh, what it is and um, why you started the business. Sure. Well, it was a few years back when I was buying my first 18-inch doll for my daughter, I believe she was turning six. And 18-inch dolls, first of all, like American Girl was never something in my childhood. I think the brand was launched around the year I was born, but I never had them growing up. So it wasn't really a part of my childhood. But as my daughters were growing older, they had friends that had them. Uh, Some of my friends had their childhood dolls that they're handing down to their daughter. And it was just a really special thing. And so my daughter saw a picture of this old Felicity doll. For American Girl fans, you know that Felicity was like one of the originals. They brought her back in the 90s. There's been like four releases of this doll over the history 
of the brand. And uh, she wanted a very specific one that was from the 90s. And it took me on a wild hunt of the internet of eBay and Poshmark and all these resale sites and the land of ladies that are old, these old ladies that are collectors of dolls. It was quite an adventure, but anything to get this like vintage doll that my daughter loved. I mean, the doll had like this old pioneer dress. I thought it was so sweet. That's when she wanted. So I hunted down piecing together this doll and the outfit from various sites, purchasing from these collectors and gave her her first doll when she turned six. And then my um, next youngest, of course, always wants what sister has. So then she got her doll and then it just kind of became a fun thing. We totally dove into, we were in the 18 inch doll um, world. When I first started shopping for their dolls though, I remember thinking, okay, this is kind of an expensive purchase for a doll. And also we're not the like, let's buy 20 dolls type of family. We, I try to buy like special intentional gifts that I know they could maybe keep forever. I wanted them to be able to pass down their dolls to their children. Like I see other women doing, I think that's so sweet. So I knew it was like, it's an investment. It's special. I'd love if it came from a brand or a small shop that aligned with our values. It'd be really cool if there's like a Christian doll out there. And I remember searching, I went to Google and searched that exact phrase, like Christian alternative to 18 inch doll. A couple things popped up, but it wasn't quite like, it didn't have maybe the, the style that we're looking for. Like I knew in some capacity, it was going to be a bit of a compromise for my daughter and she'd be disappointed. So I thought, okay, there's nothing on the market really now. I'm going to get her the one that she wants, but it was always in the back of my mind. There should be an alternative out there. Well, fast forward to uh, just last, I think it was November or December. I saw someone posted this book that American Girl put out. I mean, they put on a lot of products now, including a lot of educational and um, books for girls. And this one is all about body image. And someone had posted that in this book, it basically encourages puberty blockers for girls that might think as they're going through puberty that maybe they're a boy and they're not actually a girl. And that was shocking to me. And I thought, wait a minute, this can't be. Like we've been seeing so many of these iconic brands. And it's an American Girl with a name like that should be pro-girl, pro-America. Um, the entire brand is made in China. All 18-inch vinyl dolls are made in China. And now they're not even pro-girl in a way. So it was hard for me to believe. I got the book. And it wasn't just that one page. There's actually like 25 pages out of the 78 pages or so that reference this type of ideology. And then like it kind of compounded. It was like the perfect timing and mix of realizing there's a need in the marketplace. I kind of was just fed up. It was like, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was one of those moments like, come on, another brand? I cannot, I'm not going to support moving forward. And I also was just ready and felt it in my soul. Like I just felt called to make a switch in my business. I had been running a PR firm, working with brands over the past few years whose values really didn't align with mine. I found myself kind of in a secondary way, having to promote values I didn't believe in. And I was just ready for a change. I'd learned a lot about helping grow and market e-commerce businesses. So I thought this could be a fun challenge. And I spent a lot of time in prayer about it, just thinking on it. I actually first thought there's got to be a better way. I went, I reached back out to one of those small brands I saw that had started a, a doll company. I tried to just find like a partnership opportunity or something that would be easier. But um, timing is what it is. If you, if you kind of just let it sit in your heart, I was just praying. I'm like, God, let me 
discern, like, am I supposed to do this? Should I partner with this company over here? Is this the right time for me? I'm about to have my fourth baby. This can't be the right time. Can you just make it easy on me? And like two months after my fourth baby was born, I put out into the world that I was going to be making this doll. And it was just instant outpouring of support from mostly women I did not know from all over. I mean, thousands of moms instantly kind of affirmed that, yes, we this is so needed. Thank you. Like, we're, we're here for the ride. We know this won't be easy, but we're going to support you. And once I got that like quick 1,000 women like on a wait list saying, I'm ready to buy this when you have it ready, I thought, okay, we're, we're going to do this. So that's kind of – I've never actually shared that story, so it's not smooth. I really – Taryn, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I have not done interviews and people are going to think, wait, she's a former reporter. My brain is so foggy still. I'm in such a foggy season of motherhood that hopefully I answer all your questions today and I make sense, but um, running on very little sleep and a lot of coffee over here. No worries that our team has a lot of moms on. It's so interesting <laughs> that. Um, well, I love that um, that you saw this need for, you know, a, a a, Christ, a doll that comes with a more a Christian message and really um, empowering Christian girls. And I love that you were just decided to go for it yourself. So thank you for sharing that. So what are you, are you selling dolls now? Is it like, what's, where, where are you yeah. in the process? Yeah. So it was back in May. What happened is my son was born in February. So back in December, the seed was planted. I, I believe the Lord planted the seed in my heart a few years back when I first made that Google search. I think that was preparing me. It already was, the wheels were turning. And then when this happened with American Girl, I realized, okay, this, this is needed. This is bigger than just dolls. This is about, about affirming to our girls that they are created on purpose and with a purpose and who God says they are, not what the world is telling them they can be based on feelings. Um, it, it really just struck me as something important. I, I truly, if I had my choice, I wouldn't be running a business of dolls. It wasn't, that's, it's difficult. It's difficult to manufacture. There are only four um, factories that I'm aware of that can produce the 18 inch vinyl doll. And they're all in China. Um, there was a, there was one actually my home state of Michigan, believe it or not, the fifth one, it closed down in 2020, sadly. And I would love nothing more than one day to bring more of the manufacturing back home, but nothing about it really seemed easy, but I just had this fire that just lit me with the, this motivation and passion of we've got to have an alternative. And I did, like I said, I spent a couple months trying to figure it out with other people or other brands. Maybe they just need marketing help to grow, but it came very apparent. Like, no, we need to start over and we need to have a brand that's not a compromise. I mean, for so many years we've seen like there's music or the, it's like, why does a Christian TV show have to be subpar to the other ones? Now, the the options are getting so much better, but I was like, okay, the doll Christian space is ready for a renovation. So, um, that was in about December that the thought happened. I started doing the research on manufacturers by around February. I think right before my son was born, I had ordered my first sample, like half customized a doll, customized the outfit figure, you know, a custom design. And when I eventually got that sample in my hands, it was about May. And when I saw it, I thought, we can do this. This is pretty good. I compared it to my girls' other dolls, the ones that we have, like one from Target and one. I thought, this is good. Like, this is not a compromise. And if the doll only came with like a journal or a book, something that taught her more about who she was created to be, biblical values, help her grow in virtue and faith, not some of these superficial storylines. I had actually been tossing 
the AG magazines right into the trash for a couple years because they were just going down a path of the way of the world with the outfit choices and the storylines that I didn't want my girls to even be reading and seeing. So I thought if we can just create the accessories that will really support this movement, like we can do this. So um, that was in May. And I got the, like, the 1,000, 2,000 people over the course of the summer to say, yes, I want this. And I basically just shared with them the process. I wasn't 100% sure that it would work yet. I told people we're going to do it, but I, I cannot make any promises about the timeline. I'm going to try to get them here in time for Christmas. Let's do this. Well, come to find out producing a fully customized vinyl doll is a long process. The manufacturing is very long. It goes through first uh, a clay mold and an artist makes it based on, I am not a designer. I was just slapping pictures of things I liked and then trying to say, but can you make the lips a little smaller and the eyes like this? And to, to try to just piece together a doll that I was hoping would look not scary because dolls when they're being manufactured just look scary. They do. So then they have to turn it into another type of material. And then eventually it's a copper mold. And once you go to the copper phase, it takes like six weeks or so to cure and to harden. And then they can start making the vinyl doll. And it's a very long process. And all of it took like twice as long as I thought, because partly my fault, I just because of my lack of having done it before in my experience, it took me a long time to communicate what I needed with the manufacturer like the designs I wanted. No, the, the dress is too short. Can you make it longer now? And oh, not like this, but like this. It just all this back and forth. So a very long answer to your question is, yes, we are selling the dolls on pre-sale. They are being manufactured right now as we speak. I get pictures every couple of days, an update from the factory. I just got a, a picture of a bunch of the hair wigs are being assembled onto the heads and the the sweet lady who is hand painting the facial features. I mean, it is really interesting, the process of, of the detail of manufacturing these dolls. So they are in pre-order. The dolls themselves, I don't think will make it in time to be under the Christmas tree. It'll be close because they take about, they ship by sea and it will take about a month. And I think they're due to ship out in a couple weeks. Um, so what I do have though, are all the extra outfits are arriving here in about the next week and we have other accessories and the journal is already on its way. That's what I poured my heart and soul into over the summer. I spent about a hundred hours designing this girl journal that would really take them on that journey of faith and virtue and discovery and fun. And it's 42 pages. I believe it has just so, so many, I, that's what I'm most excited about. It has just little um, fun games they can do. Like there's a virtue catcher, like, you know, like a, a cootie catcher, that little game that has a little paper game you can do where you open up the pieces of paper. But this one yeah. is at the end, there's a yeah, verse. And then they, that's a fun way of like, yeah, memorizing verses through that. There's a easy recipe to get them in the kitchen. There's an outdoor nature challenge to spend time in God's creation. There's a whole bit on prayer and then a, a daily like prayer journal to help them form that habit of prayer in whatever way feels best for them too. And so there's a, so much thought went into it and I don't know for sure how it's going to be received. There's a, there's a bit, I'm nervous for that. I hope, I know I couldn't make it perfect for everyone. And I just really tried my best with what I was given and the feedback. I took so much feedback from the audience of women and moms that were encouraging me along the way. And it's like, this is going to be our first round. And I hope the girls love it. I hope it sparks joy. I hope it is not a compromise. 
for them. And uh, hopefully we can grow it and we will improve it. I'll get the feedback and we can improve it as we go. So that, that is the answer to, am I selling dolls? I'm selling them, but they're not quite yet shipping. That's, that's how fun to be getting pictures that though. I, like, I, like I said, I loved dolls when I was a kid. So I just, that sounds so fun to me. I have to show you something funny. Um, it um, was cr- so the factory operates um, – this is one thing that is hard about Riverside, our recording platform here. I've tried it too a couple of times. We've got that delay. But um, on Halloween night, you know, I try to open my WhatsApp is a way I communicate with with the manufacturer and they'll send me pictures. And so it was like Halloween night of all like nights. I open my app and the first thing I see – and this is a little startling. Let's see if you can see it here. Do you see that? Is a picture full of like limbs, arms <laughs> – do you see that? I was like, ah, but that is just, yes, it is what it is. It is a box of doll arms and it was very startling. And I was, you know, I had that moment of what is this? Um, it is cool to see. And they paint even the sweet little like dimples on the knuckles and the elbows. And it's all hand done. It, it's really a lot to learn, but really cool. Well, you, so you said that you did not imagine yourself as uh, the owner of a doll company. And um, so I, you know, I'm a mom too. I'll, I only have one. So I know that as a mother, you have to prioritize any, any of the work that you do. So I'd love to talk about what drives you to, I mean, you've talked a little bit about just being the mother of daughters and how that drives you, but what, what, uh, motivates you to do all of this work in addition to, you know, being a wife and a mother and how do you, how do you manage all of that? That's a really great question. I wish I had like the playbook and the easy tips and tricks. And I spent my whole career trying to take what other people do and distill it down as like, okay, what can people glean from this? What's the value and the lesson we can learn, you know, as a reporter or when I was writing articles. So And I'm always looking for that in other people too. Like, how does that person do what they do? And I try to reverse engineer it. And what I've learned in this process, because I was really already at my max capacity, being a business owner and a stay-at-home mom, I went through my second round of having like two children under two. I was completely giving all I could give. And I've already, one quick answer is I, I don't do it all. I don't have a lot of friendships. Like I don't have a lot of hobbies outside, like my family and my work are, are it. And, but the thing is, I love it. If you can align at least the things you're having to spend the majority of your time, like I love spending time with my family and I love doing my work. And so that kind of works out. It it ends up being your hobby. It ends up being the thing that can relax you sometimes. Not always. We know that as moms, right? Um, But what I really learned, what surprised me in this process, because if someone would have told me before I did this, just even months before that I would be able to do it, I either I wouldn't have believed them or I would have thought, well, that just sounds miserable. Like it's going to be so hard. Where will I find the energy, the time, the help? Because I don't have really childcare. I I have some local family that helps me, which is such a blessing. I'd be like, how could I have done it? And I think the difference is I spent a couple years like in that uncomfortable waiting place, not knowing what to do with my business. I didn't feel like it aligned anymore. I didn't love the work anymore. I didn't love the industry, the world, and and that industry is changing so rapidly. And I, that's when I really started to open the Bible. That's when I really started to develop my relationship with Christ. Um, That's, that all was just like back in 2020 is when it really started to connect. But I sat in a really uncomfortable place for a couple of years I've read a lot of books and I just kind of kept waiting 
to figure out what is next for me. And I didn't even know it at the time, but that's what I was doing. Like now I know that's a thing. You're supposed to kind of get uncomfortable and wait and try to settle your the inner chaos enough to be able to understand what you're being called for. I didn't know that that's what it was at the time. I just know it was really uncomfortable and I felt like I want to be doing something more, but I feel like this is it. I'm having another baby and I'm supposed to just take a step back from work and from achieving and striving. Like I've spent so much time doing that and it just didn't feel right anymore. And I didn't understand why. At the same time, I'm like, well, I still do need to earn money. I need to <laughs> do these things. So I don't like, how am I supposed to do that? And so it was a couple of years of discomfort, really. And during that time, though, what happened is I really grew my faith. I started to just learn not to put it all on me, not to try to fill my patches of quiet in my mind or in my time with striving for what I think is going to be best. And then what magically happened is what, what seemed like the worst time possible on the brink of having my fourth child while I have no child's care and I have a busy, the busiest toddler at home who I adore, but she is, she is my busy one. The Lord basically gave me this opportunity to run with and somehow throughout that gave me the energy to be able to stay up during nap times and after bedtimes and to still do the work that was helping contribute to the household and to still be present mostly for my family. I mean, it, it hasn't been perfect, that's for sure. But there were many times throughout this process, I'd hit a roadblock. It, could, it was something very specific, like it could be a manufacturing roadblock or even getting insurance for the safety certifications needed. Like I kept hitting these roadblocks with that, oh, this is why no one's done it before because this is going to be very expensive or this is a huge hurdle. Or it could have been a personal roadblock, like just nursing a baby around the around the clock or um, ha having exhaustion. Whatever that roadblock was I hit, somehow, some way, the path forward would appear. And I had to just keep like surrendering. And it was such a massive practice in surrender. And it, it all is kind of, it's hard for me because I haven't lived this life of like knowing that that's how it's, how it works. That if you can truly like let go and surrender and trust that what's supposed to happen will happen. It might not be the, the thing you think is right. It might not appear the way you expect it to, but if you can let go that it'll eventually happen for you because if I would have had my way two years ago, I would have been plowing through a new business or figuring it out on my own. And instead it took a couple years of discomfort and now it still doesn't look perfect but I've learned not to force it. I'm not forcing friendships that aren't easy anymore because of the season of life I'm in or um, it just logistics or timing. I mean, there's, there's a slew of things. I'm letting go of many things that don't necessarily feel like if I had my way, I, I would do it differently. And I've just learned to accept that I'm, I'm not really choosing my way right now. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's, that's a really powerful lesson to learn. And it's one that I'm still working on myself. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same Many um, areas of life. Yes. So you mentioned um, just the difficulty of some of the building of this business. And I would imagine um, that it's difficult to keep costs low, but also yeah. make sure that you're doing business in a way that's aligned with your values. So how do you navigate that process of like, well, I have to keep my products affordable or no one will buy them, but also I want to make sure I'm doing business. Mm -hmm in a way that's really grounded in my values. Yeah. So I think this is one of those things, like we want to have it all. I want it. I was like a little idealistic. I, that is what I tend to do on things. And so I was like, I'm going to start this business and 
I'm going to find a way to have it, you know, mostly everything I can made in America. And I'm going to have a 10% kickback to these awesome charities. And I'm going to have local designers that are Christian women of faith that will do X, Y, Z, the dresses. And then I'm going to have children who are learning to sew, be able to make the scarves. I mean, I had all these ideas and they were all like, what would be the best case scenario? If I would have followed that plan, that would have been a really terrible business plan (laughs) because you can't um, necessarily (laughs) run an operational business that way. So I've learned to kind of let go of some of the things that I think would be nice. And it's not that it's never, it's just not now. And I had to get realistic about what can the market really sustain? Sure, all of these women have said, they've raised their hand, they gave me their email and they said, I'm here to support you. But to what extent? You know, I can't offer them a $400 doll. The market can only sustain so much when it comes to the affordability, when it comes to even the values. Uh, it's interesting because a lot of people, like we care. If you if you ask me what I care about, I care about it all. I want the, um, obviously the healthy and eco-friendly and the, um, if we can be building an orphanage while with my dollars from the product I'm buying, like all those things, I want them all. We can't do that necessarily. And then it what I have found, the reality is people are okay with that because 90 plus percent of their purchases don't necessarily have those things attached to it. So one thing I did is I put on a survey early on and I said, of these like 10 things, can you rank them or tell me what are the top three that are most important to you? And the most important things to these women is that it was biblically based or, you know, would encourage faith in their daughters that it was coming from a kind of a small shop that shared their values so they don't have to worry about down the road, am I going to sneak in some books that don't align and try to put in some kind of harmful lies into their daughter's head? And um, I don't even remember what the third one was, but what I was surprised by is they were least concerned about what my give back initiatives would be. Now, I do want to, my what I would love to do is be able to gift dolls to um, different communities and children. Uh, who otherwise couldn't afford them. And I, I want a whole plan for that. But in order to accomplish that, I first need to build a sustainable business that is, is is turning a profit and is doing well so that it can grow into the future. And there'll be more than that we can give back down the road. So this first launch is really about figuring out to the margins. I mean, so many times I've thought I had my numbers secured. I still don't 100% have my numbers secured. So for instance, since we're not making, we probably won't make our Christmas deadline for the dolls to arrive. I uh, just said, okay, yes, I will pay about $700 to get the extra outfits shipped now, as opposed to not having to really pay anything extra and having them ship with the dolls. I'm going to pay $700, have them shipped now so that the extra outfits can be under the tree along with the other accessories. And so like the numbers are always changing. So I'm like, okay, it's going to cost an extra this. And I'm still kind of figuring out how that works with overseas manufacturing, some hidden costs you don't expect, um, even just the way operating the website works. So it's, it's all a bit of a trial this first time around. I'm trying to keep it affordable by packing in more value. If you look at the market when other people price their products at, and then you look at ours, our, our prices are pretty much comparable, but what you're getting, there's, you're getting more. Um, the, the journal is not, I know there's other brands that offer like books or journals and they're kind of just like fluff. Like what's your favorite food, your favorite color. And it's all about you. And this one is, is, you know, part devotional it's part journal. It's part, um, history and storytelling about women in faith. There's a lot to it. So 
I'm just trying to add value where I can and to focus on the most important things that the moms are telling me they want in this brand. And then if I can add on the extras, if I can bring more manufacturing over, I am doing a little bit with some small shops. Some like I have these. I'll show a whole stack of these. These are um, the birthday crowns. You get a little doll crown and the girl crown that matches. Cool. And these were made small batch. I only had 25 in each print made because I had this awesome maker in the UK. Now I couldn't find one in the US. And then of course the shipping was so expensive coming from the UK, but it was, I supported a small business in doing this and I could have had them made for pennies, I'm sure overseas, but um, it was awesome. So I'm trying to do what I can with still like people still, they, they're gonna want more affordable accessories too. Everything tries, I try to have a faith element to everything. So our Christmas collection, like these birthday crowns, for instance, come with a verse card. It is James 117. Um, every good and perfect gift is from above. It's like a reminder of who girls were created to be and like the gift that they are. And every gift is really from above. And a gift is a plan. If it's your birthday, we think of gifts and presents. And so remember, like every gift is ultimately from above, right? So. Um, even if it's just something like that, like a verse card it comes with, I'm trying to just have that little bit that points them back to what is good, what is true, and what is beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. I think, um, you know, so often we think of um, service or giving back as purely in terms of philanthropy. And I think um, I know so many Catholic women who have run businesses who are serving their customers in exactly the way that you just described, right? They're this is you're like providing real value and helping mothers have conversations with their daughters about these things. And I think um, that's just a great example of how business can be sustainable and still really support customers and serve customers. So I also wanted to ask you, this is kind of a selfish question because I just want, I'm always wanting to know the answer to this question. And I don't think there's one simple answer, but from a consumer perspective, how how do you have any tips for just buying in a way that uh, does not you know make you lose all of your money <laughs> and still be able to support your family, but try to you know buy from from companies that are treating their employees well and that are trying to operate in an ethical way that's aligned with your values as a consumer? Is there anything that you do? Yeah. Again, I think it comes down to that balance. Like we, in a perfect world, I would be doing all my holiday shopping for my favorite small brands. And each year I'll tell you, I'm doing more and more as I discover the ones that are doing it in a way that either fits my budget or that is the splurge. It's worth the value. And I know I'll get longevity out of the products. There are some of those brands too. And admittedly, I still pop onto Amazon and make the cheap purchases because I know they spark massive joy and you know it's going to end up in the recycle bin or handed down. And so some I do both. I really do both. But my advice is find those brands that come out with the really cute products that just align with your kids' ages at the time too. So much of, a, of it is what are they liking at the time. So for me, I found brands like I do love um, Be A Heart is a awesome Catholic company. And I just saw she's released beautiful Christmas. Like there's a bead kit to create like a rosary of beads. I love his kids company. Mm -hmm. I discovered them last year with their sweatshirts and it's affordable stuff. It's absolutely, it might not be as affordable as buying something on Amazon, but 
I wouldn't want my kids wear there's I've not yet seen a verse or scripture sweatshirt on Amazon. I'd want my kids going out of the house. It's so it's stuff that we love. My kids love the style. It completely aligns and it's supporting other Christian um, makers or businesses. And so I doubled down on my purchases with them. And they're they're always hosting these great sales or promotions. And my kids are starting to kind of expect those products now. And they're expecting fewer of the squishmallows from Costco. That's okay too. And sometimes that sparks massive joy. But they're kind of starting to learn to look forward to these. And I tell them about the brands and about the businesses. And that just intrigues them a little bit. I'll be like, they kind of like ask now. They'll know. They'll open a gift and be like, mom, is this one of your friends? Or like, well, she's not a friend. But yeah, she's a fellow small business owner. And I saw, here's a picture of her and her son making that t-shirt. He helped press that t-shirt. What do you think? And just the more I can educate them, the more they realize it's special too. And the more they almost want those types of gifts. So that's helped as well. Oh, I love that. And I have to add in a little plug for um, the Catholic Women in Business gift guide, which mm, might be out when we release this episode. And Mm -hmm. so some of the businesses, your business, and then Be A Heart and some other of the types of businesses you're talking about will be on there. All right. Well, as we wrap up, Emily, can you share uh, what's next for you and your business? Anything that listeners can be looking out for? Yeah, so it's really just getting these first dolls out into the hands of girls around the country. And I'm so excited to see that, to see them with the journals, to work their way through the journal. The journal is a bit of a journey. It will take probably a month or two months, maybe longer for them to get through. And it's really fun because if they finish the journal, they can go online and submit and send in for their patch and they get a patch that comes with a verse on it. And it's just like a fun incentive for them to feel a part of this like sisterhood that we're building of friends in faith. So I'm really just excited to get that feedback and to see it in action and to see if it works. I mean, I feel like it's going to work. And if it does, we're going to be releasing more dolls into the new year. I would have loved to have launched with a variation of like 50 different dolls with different hair and skin and eyes and the likeness of everyone's daughters out there. And that was just impossible to do. I mean, that's the beauty of how God created us. We're all so unique. And I had to boil it down to just a few dolls. And there, there's so much we can do with this brand if moms love it, if the girls love it. And so I'm just kind of going to take my own lesson again in surrender and just see if God wills it, it will grow in this coming year. And maybe that will be really slow growth. Maybe it'll be managing fast growth. I'm not sure yet. And I'm just hopeful and I'll be praying that he continues to give me the skills that I need and to like help me over those hurdles as they come. Cause I know there will be more in the future. That's just, that's just a part of it. But Taryn, I thank you so much for all you're doing and all you're doing to support women like me and women who um, are sharing their faith in their business. It's not always easy to do and having outlets out there like yours and people out there like you who are cheering us on and supporting us and kind of giving us that outlet to talk about it is such a blessing. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I like, I like to think of myself as a Catholic woman in business cheerleader. I love, I, I, it's, I just, I love that. Yeah. You are. All right. Well, we will include links in the show notes um, for your website and all of those, those good things. But um, can you just leave us with um, where people can follow you online? Yeah. So you can uh, follow me. I'm just Emily Raquette over on Instagram and then uh, faithfriendsco.com or faithfriendsco over on Instagram. We're going to have some uh, Christmas specials coming up 
We haven't really done like big discounting of the dolls. Again, we just don't know if we can yet. We're getting those numbers honed in, but we are going to have some promotions like a free verse card with every Christmas collection purchase. We'll be throwing in a free tote bag for anyone who's spending over um, $200. Some, Some fun things like that you can watch for. And I know you've probably heard my baby crying in the background of this whole interview. So there you go with juggling business and motherhood. This is just real life, how it's going right now. Um, Taryn, again, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Emily. It was great talking with you. Thank you for listening to Catholic Women Lead. We hope you feel inspired in your vocation as a Catholic woman in business. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. You can also join us on Instagram at Catholic Women in Business or in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Catholic Women in Business. Until next time, we'll be praying for you.